let's talk about sex. Gina, are you much of a uh, New Year's resolution type of girl? Uh, you know, I used to be, but I'd have to say that not so much anymore. I have a slightly different strategy. Oh, you do? What's that? I do. I, I think more about what I want to be, you know, be and do and have, but what one word kind of summarizes all that so I can just in one word encapsulate what I want to do and motivate myself and filter my decisions through that one word. That's a good idea because it's it's more of a global picture rather than a bunch of to-do lists, I think. Yeah. And yeah. That's I'm wired that to-do lists don't do it for me. It, it's it's one of those I get too caught up in other things and just screw right. the to-do list. I don't ever get to the things that I probably <laughs> should be doing or I say I want to do, <laughs> but I I like the idea of a this is what I'm focusing on this year. This is an aspect of my life that I'm going to focus yeah. on this year. So do you want to share what yours is? Uh, yeah. it's. I told you that my firstborn son and I uh, were both kind of made this pact with each other. We're having a breakout year. So um, for him, that's in his baseball career. And for me, it's in um, some of the projects I have. It will just break out. It means going past my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So the whole word is breakout. That's good. So do you want to come up with a real quick on-the-fly uh, focus for Sexy Marriage Radio? This should be pretty easy. A focus for Sexy Marriage Radio? I, besides being sexy? There you go. Mm -hmm. I think that's it, isn't it? Let, let's just, let's sure. up the sexy factor in life. Okay. Let's up the sexy factor in marriage. Let, let's make things sexy, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, make it sexy. Because I think that's something that can benefit everybody. Yeah, I, being sexy, it it's different than being a victim. <laughs> so I, I think it helps us rise above a little bit. That's true. And one of my popular beliefs in uh, marriage is that there are no victims in marriage, only volunteers. So yeah. if, you, if you can change the way you look at what goes on and realize I volunteered for this, hopefully it changes that paradigm just enough to put some more pressure on your own shoulders to be what you want to be rather than uh, waiting for yeah, your spouse well, to be what you want them to be. <laughs> <laughs> I volunteered for all these moments that I said, Hey, it wasn't supposed to be like this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, this is sexy marriage radio, Dr. Corey Allen and Gina Paris. And we are trying, well, no, we're not trying this year. We are having sexy conversations right. about marriage and sex and passion and pleasure and purpose and all that that means, because we think the best sex happens in marriage, and we want your marriage and your sex to be the best it can possibly be. So you can find us at SexyMarriageRadio.com, where all our shows are. We're also on iTunes and BlackBerry and Zoom and all kinds of other places across the web. You can call us at 615-567-3996, or email us at feedback at SexyMarriageRadio.com. And I do yep. want to do a quick uh, promo before we jump into today's show. All right. That coming up towards the end of this month, um, Simple Marriage is offering their our signature product again of Blow Up My Marriage, which mm -hmm. is a class, a 16-week class that is a radically different way to view what goes on in relationships. 
and it will help your marriage, especially if you are one of the marriages out there that have experienced the I love you, but I'm not in love with you anymore syndrome. That is exactly what Blow Up My Marriage is designed for. And so it is one, it is a class that will help you in that, in that situation because that's something I've heard countless times from the hundreds of people that have taken the class thus far, that it has totally changed the way they view things going forward for the better. So Yeah, so, so for couples that have been married and in kind of a rut for a number of years, I think, is that, what you're, is that great for those couples as well? Yeah, absolutely. It applies to lots of different couples in the stages of things, but it's more towards those that are having some major issues that have been going on, that, mm. that have been there under the surface, that have been a problem. They're not necessarily to the point of, I'm out of here, I'm divorcing, but it's close maybe. But it's not necessarily for the ones that, yeah, everything's rocking along great. What can we do to make it even better? Although, I think the concepts of Blow Up My Marriage would work in dramatic ways for that type of a couple. It's more towards those that have got something that's really going on between them that they need to sort out. So you can, Excellent. You can find more information at simplemarriage.net or at blowupmymarriage.com. That's where everything will be taking place. So commercial over. <laughs> All right. So we've talked a lot, Gina, about the idea of marriages that have very little sex going on, where there's a high desire and a low desire, and the low desire has virtually no desire. Right. right. So a sexless marriage, I think that falls under that category, which research would states a little less than once a month is you know 10 times a year or less mm -hmm. is what qualifies as a sexless marriage on average but what about this this one because this is something that's come up a couple of times in some of the emails we've gotten at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com of what do you do when the swings for sex are pretty extreme you know the moods are pretty extreme you know let, let's let's get let's set a hypothetical for you you got a couple that's been married 10 plus years. They've got kids. They're not interested in having any more. So they've taken proper steps to ensure that that doesn't happen. Be it he's, he's gotten a vasectomy, she's gotten tubes tied, whatever. So there's no contraception involved that's going to be changing hormones. Because mm -hmm. the one thing the, the pill does is it helps stabilize female hormones. But okay. not in every woman. But in majority, I think that's true. So if she's not on anything... And now all of a sudden, her mood swings could be pretty drastic. Let's say one week. And, go ahead. Oh, her sex drive swings. Yes, her yeah, not yeah, not just mood in general, but her sex her sexual mood swings mm -hmm. could be pretty <laughs> drastic. Let's say one week she's into everything. You know, the raunchier the better. The hey, every night, anyway, take me, I'm yours. Let's really get it on. Then the next week it all comes to a screeching halt and it's I, no, don't even touch me. You know, when things for the week prior, you know, maybe five days earlier, one little glance would have fired her up. The other, or she's all over, she's all over the mate. She's all over her mate. Right now. She's a, mm -hmm. nothing, you know, it's, it's get away from me. Don't touch me. So, and then the next week, it's all about the romance. It's all about the emotional connection. It's all about the intimacy that may or may not involve sex. So, yeah. if that's the case, 
how do you handle those kinds of extremes? Yes, because these the the men in particular who have written feel completely out of control, like at, totally at the whim of of their women. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's a great question. What do we do? What do you do if your wife's drive? So so. This has been some this one who wrote the most descriptive letter talks about being completely raring to go at the end of first week because she's got him so ramped up and everything's wild and the raunchier the better that's pretty funny and then a screeching halt and so is there some kind of room for him to say something or is he happen to be is everybody in the whole house got to be at the mercy of mama's moods that's, that's the question that's a great question because that's something that's determined i think regardless of gender of who who runs yes. the show who's who's the captain uh, of of the relationship and obviously that hat is worn various times by both people but mm. it seems to me the most vibrant families and the most vibrant relationships have a captain and a co-pilot or a co-captain you know that when mm. the rubber meets the road it falls on some one person's shoulders and it's not that they're isolationist and it's everything, you know, anything I want goes it's, you know, but uh, this is kind of the role I play in my family. And if you took it, look at that as a family real quick. One of the major troubles in lots of families today is the kids are running the show. Oh, absolutely. You know? And so that one of the best things that you can do is as a parent and as an adult, take back that control. And that will start to calm things down in your household. Same thing happens in a marriage, though. Who's running the marriage? Who's driving it? And do their moods or whims dictate and determine everything? Or is it two joint people that can say, hey, I know that last week you were into this, but this week I want this. Well, <clears throat> some couples will say just learn to take advantage of certain times of the month, you know, just mm -hmm. have fun during that, that rowdy week and enjoy it and know you're probably not going to do some of those crazy things again for a month. Okay. So you and I you and I have some good friends. I heard them on their show. That was kind of their approach. Yeah. Learn to get in touch with those swings and um, and enjoy it for what it's worth. That's yeah. one perspective. Yeah, there's one. There, there is something to, there's merit to the idea of, knowing each other well enough to know what's coming, you know, to, yeah. to, okay, I can, I know what's going on. And that sounds like this, this couple, the one that was the most descriptive, he's got that going on. He understands her enough to know, okay, I can look at the calendar and boy, that week's going to be fun. Let's get the kids covered and we're just going to go crazy, you know, <laughs> but what about the rest of the month? You know, that falls into I, the, what do I do then? Yeah, is it fair for him to be yanked around? Uh, um, I think I, I would say a couple things on that. It, it sounds like they overall have a really good relationship. And so during the times when things are really good would be times to address and make her aware of how you feel during the the weeks that are kind of drought-like or, or that are so extreme. Because maybe she's not even aware of it. She's mm -hmm. just so going with her own energy that she doesn't even realize that she's been really hurtful these other weeks. Because, you know, as women, we've got so many things going on. If we're not thinking about sex, it's, it 
we're not aware that we're not thinking about it. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I never crossed my mind. So so when she, when she's feeling really arousable, then point that out. And and when you're enjoying yourselves, express how you wish that there could be a little more steadiness through the month. And so then that leaves this opportunity for the woman to be able to say, am I willing to always be at the mercy of my moods? Which is the whole reason that you know that I created the sexy marriage solution, mm -hmm. which is literally to to work on a, a biological level and an energetic level to, to let ourselves as women mostly or as a low desire spouse or whatever to be arousable on demand. So So it means being open to explore some alternatives to just being at this, the mercy of your mood. Right. And that's also the same thing that not not being at the mercy of your own biological drive. That yes, you, which you we can, touched on last week. Yeah, week's. you can take charge of your body in determining if what what you want and when you want it. Not, yeah, not necessarily that you manufacture stuff, but you're not at the whim of biological drive or mood or emotion swing or hormone or whatever you have we have a lot more harmony between the parts in our body i think than we give credit well to understand that a peak state is our natural state so when if you say we're not manufacturing something maybe we're not manufacturing I don't, I don't know, I think in a way you are. You're manufacturing your sex drive. But really, my point of view, even in the sexy marriage solution, is I say that we're removing the the hindrances. So we're getting rid of the obstacles because we have this sexual energy in certain times of the month it's just blocked. So we remove the blocks to it, which could be fatigue, busyness, um, just lack of of hormones flowing mm -hmm. so so we unblock that so it's worth saying do I want to respond this way or do I want to take control of my responses because once you learn to take control of your response between remember Viktor Frankl mm -hmm. from uh, Man's Search for Meaning was a psychologist was in concentration camp in Nazi Germany and survived and, and wrote one of the most significant books of the century, Man's Search for Meaning. And he made the point that between stimulus and reaction, we have a choice. And mm -hmm. that when you can learn to master that in the bedroom or then you can do it anywhere. So it's that same key that we use with with athletes that hire me or, or stock market traders, people that are under stress. And it works when we're dealing with stress with our children or with our mate. Mm -hmm. So so there's, there's steps to just taking charge of your emotions. Yeah, and I think largely it's just realizing you have a choice. I yeah, think, I think that's the big paradigm shift because the one thing I think of that's come, that's come up before with some of the couples I've worked with is this idea of, you know, I'll get them to describe how they do sex. You know, they'll talk about, mm -hmm. they'll talk about their sex life. And then one of the questions I ask is, how do you know when sex is over? Right. You know, how do you know when your encounter is, is through? And typically it's, you know, he's done. You know, he's, he's achieved orgasm. She probably came first if she came at all. And then he comes last. And so he's done. I know you're so convinced of that. Those are the same people that see you, but that's not the norm. It's not the norm? <laughs> for her to come, no, for her to come first. Well, the norm is her not even at all, but that's okay. I hear what you're saying. Like, yeah, that's why I'm adding in that the, it's probably not at all. But Oh, okay. But some, if they do, it's first, and then he's, he's last. 
<clears throat> but once it's her once. <laughs> That's a whole nother show. <laughs> um, but it, it's one of those, you know, it, it, it's the, the question is designed to help point out just because your body may say it's over. doesn't mean the encounter's over. You know, it's that idea of, okay, I may have achieved orgasm. Maybe she hasn't or reverse that. Maybe she did and he hasn't and she's okay. I'm done. You know, I don't, I don't want to do anymore. Well, your mind can say, yeah, I do. And it can stay engaged and stay involved and, and lean into that process of learning how to become aroused again or removing the barriers of the arousal or even go, go with the afterglow idea of after sex is over and one, one wants to cuddle and the other doesn't, you know, one's just ready to move on to whatever's next on the list in, in the day mm -hmm. or to get to sleep or whatever. Well, usually our body gets really fidgety and you want to, and you try to figure out ways to get out of there. Well, lean into that and be a little uncomfortable and learn how to stay engaged longer. Learn how to let the process unfold and see what happens as opposed to follow the script of, well, we're done, so that means it's time to clean up and move on. So that's a great example. So if you can practice that on this little uh, macro level of one encounter, mm -hmm. then you can zoom out and practice that on a, on a whole month, how you carry your sexuality on a whole monthly level. Yeah, it's just a, it's a it's an intentionality of determining I'm going to be in charge of my life. I'm going to be in charge of my sexuality. I'm going to be in charge of my emotions. And that doesn't mean, I think lots of people may hear that and think I'm going to control them, meaning I won't feel them. I think mm -hmm. it's more I'm going to control them by I won't react as violently or extreme to them. I'll, in, yeah, I'll like, use them and then incorporate right. them into my drive for whatever it is I'm working or seeking towards. Right. So in any in any case with our emotions, we want to acknowledge the emotion, accept what's going on, and then make an empowering choice. Right. So so for this guy that's feeling at the mercy of somebody else, that's that's the nature of marriage. How mm. often we feel at the mercy of somebody else. Yep. So so it's gonna to come to speaking up when opportunities present themselves and saying, Can we look into ideas of how to how to have a more steady um, connection during the month yeah or it's also one of those let's go the route of they had the week of raunchy and he's not complaining right of, of what that week entails you know that, yeah hey he's raring to go let's go that's not the problem but it could be that really speaks to something deeper down in him and he wants to continue that on whereas she's not willing so it could be he needs to determine some better ways to lead her where he wants to go. To get well, that's tough for him because, like, he's talking about. Sir, he he specific, One reader specifically said, "You know, if I even hint at things that we did the previous week, she calls me a total pervert." Well, fine. Is is that a personal indictment of his character, or is it is it just a reaction? So she's not able to do it. It turns her off the second week. Well, so what's he supposed to do? Don't react to it. I think that's part of the whole deal is, is, is we get to where marriage is so intimate that when a spouse says something, it becomes a, a blanket indictment of your character rather than an in the moment and, and okay. see it for what it is. 
that it's not a blanket it's not a blanket indictment it's just an in the moment and he already knows going in the odds are stacked against him for trying some things with with swings and whips or whatever <laughs> but if that's something he's interested in that doesn't mean he has to shy away from it completely she's still a grown woman and can determine what she wants in the moment I mean, it seems like, think of it this way, Gina. There are so many times, I think, and I don't know if this is true in your marriage, but I know in mine, there are so many times that I have fallen victim to what I choose to do is is based on what I perceived my wife's reaction will be. Mm, okay? Right. Because I don't want to go out, and it's not like I'm intentionally trying to hurt anybody. It's not like I'm intentionally trying to harm anybody. But, you know... I will look at the idea of, hey, I'm interested in some sex. You know, I'm thinking of that during the day. And she's just swamped and busy and stressed. And so I'm like, okay, I probably won't even bring it up tonight. You know, and it may not be a conscious thing. It's just a reaction because I don't want to feel, I don't want to get rejected. I don't want to bring it, you know, whatever it is. But I'm basing all of that on what I perceive or guess her reaction is going to be as opposed to, trusting that I'm in a relationship with a full-grown woman that is completely capable of determining what she wants and doesn't want. So why don't I put stuff out there a little bit more and not take her responses as personal? Yeah, that's a really great point. about We, we totally do that. We attach meaning to our mate's behavior mm-hmm. based on just what's gone before or what we're thinking. So very good. So not to take things um, based on presumption. Yeah, and it's, I mean, one of this, one, what comes to my mind is from Dr. Glover, who wrote No More Is a Nice Guy. And mm-hmm. I was listening to one of his podcasts a while back, and he, he has these three steps towards great sex. And, and it's, really geared right. towards, it's really geared towards men, but, because that's who, that's who his basic target is. But it obviously works with women. But the idea is, you know, step one is you assume that your spouse is the most adventurous, spontaneous, erotic, passionate person on the face of the planet. You just make that your baseline view of them. You know, that's regardless of what history has determined or dictated. <laughs> I know. I can hear even as you say that all this resistance from half our listeners. Yeah. No, well, well, she never not. be in. Well, OK. But how do you know? Because exactly. it is one of those things, you are a living testament to that, Gina, of you had, what, 14 yes. years of, mm-hmm. no, no, no. And then on a dime, raring mm-hmm. to go. So yeah. you just assume they are the most spontaneous, adventurous, passionate, erotic person on the face of the planet. That they're going to be willing okay. to do anything right. you want. You know, that's just what you assume. You don't, you don't force it on them. You don't manipulate it. You just assume that they're going to be open to it then you lead your life where you want it to go sexually with them. Mm-hmm. It's their responsibility to say no to anything they're not interested in. You know, if, if they don't want to do sex on the roof that night, well, then they're up to, it's their responsibility to say no if that's something you really want to do. Mm-hmm. Then you don't take their no personally per- and you refer yeah. back to rule number one, where you continue to view them as the most spontaneous passionate erotic person in the world because you know i as a man it's real easy for me if i was to initiate sex with my wife as we're walking down the hall and i want to have sex on the dining room table 
And she says, no, I want to do it in the bedroom. I could easily make that as a blanket indictment. She never wants to have sex on the dining room table. <laughs> but it could very well be, I just don't want to right now because we just put the kids to bed and they could come walking out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which is a, a true fact in my, my household. It could happen. So we got to be a little more careful because I have a six and a four-year-old in my house. <laughs> but it's so easy to take one reaction from a spouse and make it a huge broad brush stroke that that starts to trip us up then and starts to narrow what we think we can do in our own relationship. When in reality, you are responsible for what you want. They are responsible for what they want and you just work it out together. Well, and the fact is we say this all the time, how you do sex is how you do life. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you, in, in life, we don't get what we deserve as much as we get what we expect. And so if you find yourself treating your spouse that way, making behavioral choices based on what you're expecting and your expectations are at the bottom of the barrel, I'm going to bet that you live your life that way. You don't take a lot of risks. You're bored in life. You're bored in your career. You're falling short financially of what you're capable of because you are expecting a little. You're just waiting for the other shoe to drop all the time. Yeah, yeah, and that's such powerful advice. Start in that most intimate place or start someplace safer, but start training yourself to raise your expectations and act like you expect things to go well. Okay. Can can I change that word expectation though? I may I don't know if we well, You used it. I, did I? I'm sorry okay. then. Because yeah. the, the one thing I think of when it comes to marriage when you're talking about expectations, expectations are really just planned disappointments. Because when you have um, another person involved, you know, I have an expectation. It's very likely it's not going to be met, you know, and so right. I'm going to be upset or disappointed as opposed to I want to be more authentic and and live my life according to my desire and my passion and what really drives me and what I really want, knowing I may not get it all. That's fine. That's a reality. But that, that, that doesn't mean I don't still drive for what I want. Well, what I tell my clients is to expect a positive outcome. It doesn't mean it's going to be, I see what you're saying about that word expectations. But so if you can go through everything that you're working towards on a small scale or a big scale, expect a positive outcome. Then you go into it knowing whatever happens is for my best. Whatever happens, it is positive. It's not, you know, demoralizing. Yeah, I I, I try to think of it as... It's along those same lines you're talking about of I want to try to operate from the best in myself in every moment. Right. Absolutely. Because then regardless what happens, I know I was operating from the best in myself. It wasn't something that I was trying to manipulate it or doing this exchange base. Well, I did all this, so therefore they should do this for me in return. It's no, it's more, this is what I'm wanting. This is what I'm interested in and I'm going to operate accordingly and I may or may not get it, but that does not determine who I am. No, but we have to be before we do, and we have to do before we have. So it absolutely comes down to being your best self. Right. It, that's this whole year. We hope you'll go into this year saying, who do I want to be? And then what do I want to do? And what, what do I want to have? It starts with who you are and absolutely coming at life and coming at your mate and coming at your career from your best self. Right. That's really good. Yeah, and so if... And the interesting thing about that is when you start to operate your 
yourself from your best self, I think you start to see that in other people too. You start to see the best in other people, especially those you really care about. You start to see what they're really capable of, who they really are. And that's the thing that I think is, is such a powerful component of this is, you know, you and I have talked about before that relationships can take you places that you can't go by yourself. Yeah. You know, that your spouse can take you places and do things with you that you can't do by yourself. And we talked a little bit about that last week. <laughs> There's things you can't, you can't do with, by yourself that you do with your spouse. Because it was the masturbation show. If you didn't catch last absolutely. week. Absolutely. But it's, it's <laughs> that idea that I could very likely open up some things in my wife that she didn't know she was capable of. Mm. Just like she can very likely open up some things in my life that I didn't know I was capable of. Just by her supporting me, by challenging me, by encouraging me, by having sex, by whatever it may be. But it's just that synergy that can be created between two humans when they get together in an intimate fashion like that, in a, in a real follow the connection on a deep level, that who knows what could be un, unlocked, if you will, by just leaning into it a little differently and viewing it as, hey, I'm going to start operating from my best self and going after the what I really want. And I know I may not get it, and I know I'm going to hear no at times. That's okay. I'm going to keep going after what I want. Yeah, and just the idea that is you you raise the you raise the tide a little bit, you know. So so will you go from wild sex in week one to screeching halt to you know will you go from wild to seamlessly the same all the time? No. Yeah. But but we're believing that in your relationship that your every element will come up higher, and that you're expecting to to be stronger in yourself, to be more positive in expecting a positive outcome and as you like Corey says as you're going with the flow as you're as you're following the connection that that we believe you'll see yourself not as a victim but as somebody who's growing and enjoying what is right right and so it's just operate with the idea that the world let's leave this as a global and we'll end it with this the world okay. is an abundant place full of riches and beauty mm -hmm. and pleasure and adventure and passion. And I'm going to just keep that as a fundamental belief. <laughs> I'm going to go after what I want in this world, knowing that it's got plenty to give because it's an abundant world. I'm going to hear no at times from people, from the world, from whatever. I'm not going to take that personally. And I'm going to refer back to rule number one. Yeah. And I'm going to keep going after what I want. Because you, exactly. never, you never know what may be, what untapped potential is in there in you and in your spouse. And where that can Absolutely. take you. So that's what we leave you with, to do that on a global scale all the way down as you drill down into your most intimate uh, pursuit of that uh, benevolent, yeah. abundant mate yeah. of yours. I mean, just think of just think of what a dramatic shift it could make in somebody's life if they really viewed their spouse as a passionate, pleasurable, spontaneous, adventurous person. Regardless what history says, <laughs> says they they adopted that mindset and then operate from the authentic you and see what happens. That could change everything. 
It changes everything. It, it sure does. Well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio. Dr. Corey Allen, Gina Paris. SexyMarriageRadio.com is where you can find more from us. And we would definitely love, come by the website. Absolutely. And we'd love to hear more from you. So email, leave a comment, call, let us know what you think. We will see you next week. <laughs> Take care and have more sex. Bye.